The Bible says in James 5 and 16, pray for each other so that you may be healed. When we encounter someone of faith, we often say, pray for me. But when someone asks for prayer, what are they really saying? I think the request for prayer is more than a person asking us to speak to God on their behalf. In fact, I believe that those three words, pray for me, may be a desperate cry for mental and spiritual help. This podcast is hosted by myself, PJ Nichols, pastor of Greater Work Center, and Pash Bankhead, who is a life coach, aspiring mental health practitioner, and who also overcomes on a daily basis her own mental health struggles. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss the role of both mental health and spirituality in the life of a believer. In this episode, we discuss the role of prayer as it relates to mental wellness. We, when we started this, mental health was on trend, right? Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, people only seem to talk about it when something was going wrong, when there was a shooting. But we began to talk about it and try to dig deeper. Because for me, I felt like the church, including the one I pastor, had a blind spot. And so we even trained life coaches here. Yep. And of which passion is the creme de la creme. <laughs> she is a black belt <laughs> life coach. Uh, what do you think in the two years since we've been working on episode one, what do you think the the opinion about uh, mental health has become? Do you think it's gotten better? Do you think it's just no longer fashionable? I think it's definitely getting better. I And I say that to say that I think people are talking about it more. Yeah. And I think that can be a good and bad thing, just depending on the information that people are receiving. Okay. And so I feel like right now it's a lot of like mental health TikTok. There's all these Instagram accounts. And that is how majority of people are receiving information about mental health. And so the good news is people are getting the opportunity to have these little revelations to be like, oh, maybe I need help. The somewhat dangerous thing Uh about that is people are getting fragmented information from multiple accounts daily and a lot of these people are receiving this information and trying to process their own trauma on their own so they are thinking that maybe 20 tiktoks i'm good that's really not the case because fragmented information from other people has nothing to do with right. how you process what's going on with you. So it's not really a one-size-fits-all when it comes to mental health. One of the things I, w- I want to ask you, we've talked about this at length before, is first of all, if you w- don't mind sharing with us your official diagnosis, and then I'm curious as to how do you think the church has addressed mental health from your experience? So I guess my diagnosis is depression. I've dealt with that since I was about eight. I also have a generalized anxiety disorder, and I've also been dealing with some PTSD, so post-traumatic stress disorder. So those are the things that I'm going through right now and working through. And then I think my relationship with the church has been a little bit different in that I went to church sometimes as a kid, but I was not raised consistently in the same church. I didn't have the same people around. So a lot of my faith was a personal relationship between my mom and what she taught me about God. The times that I was in church, um, 
I think that the intentions were always good. I think there is kind of a misconception between direction and guidance. And so when I was in church, a lot of it was go read the scripture or you have to start thinking like this or nothing lasts forever. There's a reason for every season, all these things. And I know people meant those things with the best of intentions because they found truth in those things. Right. But I'm laughing because you run through some of my greatest hits there. I'm like, gosh, I'm <laughs> I think when you're dealing with people that are struggling with their mental health and are Christian, there is a special level of pain in that. And that has really been my thing is I felt like there were times where my spirituality and my reality were bumping head and I didn't know where to go and it made me feel bad if the direction was to go read the scripture and I read the scripture and I was still worrying and I was still depressed and I was still angry and I still was grateful but not happy to be grateful because Mm -hmm. I was grateful that things weren't getting worse not because I was happy and if I'm doing what someone in the church says and I have respect for this person Mm -hmm. and I have respect for their position and their relationship with God and I'm needing their guidance but I'm getting their direction and that doesn't work then that leaves me feeling like I'm a bad Christian and I'm feeling like that so I've it's like you're stuck because you don't feel like you're in the right position to go to God you're not doing the right things it's not working and then I think Clinically, in the mental health setting, there's not a lot of counselors that are spiritually competent in how your faith affects your behaviors, your decisions, your thought process. And so here I am in counseling and I'm getting the help I need. Someone's telling me this is not my fault. Someone's telling me that I need to set boundaries. Someone's telling me that I've been traumatized, that it's okay to feel the way I feel, but I'm still missing that piece of God that my soul is yearning for. And so either way, I wherever I go, I'm feeling like there's just a part of me that's missing. There's something that's missing and that's making me feel not okay. Absolutely. That, and that's really uh, valuable. And it's the classic battle between science and church when we're really two sides of the same coin. Yes. And I, I, I get that a lot because sometimes I'll coach or counsel people and they're also seeing a therapist and it's almost as if the therapist is at odds with what I'm saying. And for me, I've always tried to respect where the therapist is coming from, but it is a great challenge. And it's funny when I asked you about the church's opinion and you said you didn't grow up in church, my immediate comment was going to be good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think that too. I thank God for that. Sometimes I really do. I have really thank God for, because I didn't have any of the pressures I think that come with growing up in a church. I didn't have these people seeing me grow up from when I was a kid, like fumbling through puberty, like all the things that I was going through things personal things going on in my family. Like I really dealt with all those things with my mom and with God. So a personal relationship with God was instilled in me very early. I prayed for a church. Like I prayed for a church family. I wanted that. I am really grateful in the end because I'm not super reliant. Right. On religion. And that's really important. And it's one of the things I've always tried to stress around here, especially when we're dealing with kids is that they have a personal relationship first before they learn the rules and, and, and all the ceremonies. And what we should be doing is trusting in God, taking the time to hear from God in our meditations and things like that. 
but we preach doing. And if I just do enough, this will pass. Or if I'm just good enough, this will pass. And that's actually nowhere in the Bible, but we've confused it so much as to think, if I could just pray hard enough. The other thing is, I think there is a lack of intellectual agility, is the best way I can say, among pastors. Because I think the Bible talks about mental health throughout. Mm -hmm. It's just some of the words are different. I always think about when David said, why are you cast down, oh, my soul? And it was David doing a mental health checkup. And, and, and he was trying to say, why am I feeling blue all of a sudden? People look up to me. I'm popular. I got, you know, thousands of people want to be around me. They write poems in my honor and build statues. And I feel like crap. And that happens sometime. And that's a real thing. When I asked you about your experience in church, what I've heard a lot from a lot of people, and I've even had people who dealt with bipolar disorder and things like that, who had people try to exercise demons out of them. Yeah. And imagine the impact on a young person that thinks they're evil. Yes. They just think that there's something about me. I did something and now the devil's in me and it's got to be so heartbreaking. And I think the church has a long way to go, but I, I pray that we're doing better. Have you heard anything when you're not listening to the Great Greater Work Center? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you seen any examples where church is like doing a little bit better? Or? Yes and no. I think there's still a disconnect or a misunderstanding as to how to help people through that and what mm -hmm. that really looks like. And right. so... The thing is, acknowledging that is really good. Right. Because for so long, that was not the case. But I think we have to just move forward in terms of, like, how does this translate into someone's actual personal relationship with God? Right. And how do we help them figure that out? Because right. there's so much. You cannot discuss for Christians or spiritual people in general, you cannot discuss mental health without your faith or without your spirituality. Like wow. those two things are so intertwined Yeah, and it's just like you were saying, it's a lot of doing. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes when you just do, that mm -hmm. is a trauma response. Uh, that is a yeah. result of your mental health. Some of our habits are symptoms of our mental health. I really mm -hmm. struggle with hyperfunctioning. So even in response to trauma, mm -hmm. I'm going to get up for work. I'm going to go. I'm going to finish my schoolwork. I'm going to function. Still functioning. Even though I've dealt with this trauma. And the other part of that is because of the attachments in my life and the role that I believe that I play in those. In addition to doing everything, I'm also trying to make everybody feel better. There's just so many hurdles and things that you have to go through and it's exhausting. Yeah, It's exhausting to try and work your way through that. There's so much involved in it that it's got to be more than just addressing it because it's a popular topic or right. something that you're hearing about because what you're hearing about is people actually struggling. These are people that are actually disconnected with their faith. These are people that are Christians and are showing up here every day in pain mm. and they don't know what to do. And that's not okay. Absolutely. That's such a heavy lift. That's just got to be weary on a soul to have that daily. I've never saw it that holistically 
that the person, because of their trauma, they're like, I, I want a world without trauma. I don't want mm-hmm. this to happen again. So I've got to fix everything. I've got to lift everybody. I've, I've got to uh, attend to the, the hurts of everybody when they need attention themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that gives me a great a new perspective in that often we look at those who have mental struggles as self-centered. Mm-hmm. We look at them as you don't want to be right. better. They want the whole world to be better and, and it's taken on too much. And so that, that makes me think in the church, we have just a myriad of sayings. And so one of the one I want to talk about today is the one we use all the time. Pray for me. Mm-hmm. Whenever people ask me that I don't want to just pay them lip service. So I will do it. I will, if you tell me to pray for you, I will. What do you think pray for me really means? I can recall a couple of times you've said it. Mm-hmm. What, what does it What does it mean for you? For me, it means help. Okay. <laughs> like now, like I'm not well and I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I think that it means that for a lot of people. I, I am very transparent uh-huh. and that's what it means for me. But I think that it means that for a lot of other people. But I think that they don't want to say what's really going on. And I think... The times I've heard it, sometimes people say it jokingly, pray for me. I really believe that there's a little bit of truth in every joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so when someone says that jokingly, I'm just like, something's got to be going on. And I think the hard thing is to know where people are at when they're saying that. Mm-hmm. Is If you're saying it jokingly, like, how far is that issue? If you're calling me at you know, midnight, something's not right. And so it's just, it's hard to gauge. Like I I think, but I think overall, it really does mean help. I think so too. I I sometimes wonder, do people really want you to pray for them or they want you to take more time to hear them? And sometimes the things that they're asking me to pray for them about Mm -hmm. are part of their life journey. And when I say that, I mean that working through that stuff is part of the growth that God has for you. And so they're asking me to pray the magical prayer mm-hmm. and make it all go away. I think it's God saying, hey, grow in that area. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard work. And part of what children of God miss is that the Bible again and again tells us not to forsake the gathering. And I think God for a lot is saying, I have put some people in this world to help you through that. I've put some people in this world for whom your experience mirrors theirs. You might be a little further ahead, but I want you to reach out to other people. And theologically, that's why we always say the cross has two axes. It's got the up and down and the side to side. Up and down for our relationship with God, side to side for our relationship with one another. You can't fully form the cross. You can't fully be in Christ unless you are are working sincerely on both of those relationships. And for some reason, the church today has really gone into a silo where it'll say, I don't need people. I don't need nobody but Jesus. And then we're hurting more and more. And so I think the pray for me is a cry for help for somebody who's a minister. The absence of pray for me is probably a cry for help. Yeah. I was about to say that too. Like, I wonder how many people that don't say it are just, yeah. Sitting there in pain. Yeah. I think sitting in pain is is a, a home base for a lot of children of God. Mm-hmm. And 
And I think also, I think there's a frustration too. I just had a eureka moment and I think you've just solved it. So when people say, pray for me, they're not necessarily asking you to fix it, to have the answer. I think they're saying join with me. I'm looking for a connection, not a solution. And I I think maybe to some degree they're saying pray with me. Mm -hmm. I think they're really saying pray with me, Mm -hmm. join with me in this. Sometimes I think it is let me know that I'm not alone. Yeah. I think it's a cry out through the loneliness because I'm going through this and it Mm -hmm. feels so unique. And it feels like the world just going by. And nobody sees me here. It's like somebody's drowning in quicksand and people are just walking by. And so people are saying, please let me know that I'm not going through this alone. I'm not asking you to bear all the burdens, fix anything, but just I I need to know that you see me. And if we look at Christ, a lot of his miracles were for people who were unseen. The woman with the issue of blood going through the crowd, blind Bartimaeus on the side of the road. So often people were unseen and when Jesus turned to them and actually saw them, the healing began. I think that's a big thing because one of the things I did get in counseling that I didn't get in church was I was allowed to feel how I felt in Mm -hmm. the moment. Yeah. And so when you say, do you want to be made whole? Do you really want to heal? Do you really want things to get better? Honestly, I would say nine times out of 10, when someone is really down, that is not what they want. What I want is to be angry. What I want is to be sad. What I want is not to have to function, not to have to get up every day and go to work, not to have to continue to try and work through these relationships with my family. I don't want to... I don't want to do anything. I'm upset. And it's really just, can you meet people there to help them get to a point? Because I really value counseling and I really value the church. I really value Mm -hmm. faith and spiritual guidance. But there's so much that is really just between you and God. And you have to get to a point where you're ready for that. Is it okay to just rest in what you're feeling? And I, I don't mean to waste away, but we're always trying to move people forward. And the Bible does say that. Mm-hmm. I would that your soul prospers and be in health, which means to move forward. But sometimes it's okay to feel what you feel and just let it wash over you. And, and I think sometimes it, the, in the church, we're just constantly going, no, keep moving. Don't let it get to you. But it is getting to me. And I'm okay with feeling the feeling because sometimes in the case of loss, it's a tribute. If you were heavily loved and you're going to be, you're going to be greatly impacted. And so you just should be allowed to just feel. Sometimes when people are going through, I'll say to them, my heart hurts for you. I never say sorry for your loss or anything because I'm, I'm joining with them and what they're feeling. And sometimes we feel that on a global scale and you see things happening in the world. My heart is hopeful uh, because I have seen some of my friends embrace therapy and and getting mental help and asking the question a little deeper of are you okay and it used to be just the thing you said and the automatic answer was oh I'm fine but now I noticed that some of my friends will go no are you okay and to hear people talking about seeing a therapist is really positive so my heart is hopeful about that so passion how's your heart I think my heart is along the same lines. I would say hopeful. I have seen 
a little bit of both. So I've seen a lot of people embrace therapy. I've seen a lot of people acknowledge trauma. I've also seen a lot of people that I know have had hard experiences in the church or people that have just been down on mm-hmm. the Bible, God and all. I've seen them ask for prayer. Yeah. So I feel like I'm along the same lines as you in, in saying that my heart is hopeful. Okay, good, good. So I want to say that's a pretty decent first episode. I hope it hasn't felt like a waste of time. Prayer is a conversation inside of a relationship. When someone trusts us enough to ask us to pray for them, perhaps we should honor not only our relationship with God by praying, but also our relationship with the person by taking the time to let them know that we are available to listen. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of prayer. When we are asked to pray, give us the grace to be present for the person in need. Help us to remember to encourage those that are going through difficult times, but also strengthen us enough to be vulnerable and to recognize when we need prayer. Let us not be afraid or ashamed to admit that we are weak, broken, and discouraged. God, please provide for us someone to hold our hand through the journey of healing. We ask this in all things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. If you have enjoyed this podcast or have feedback, please go to wherever you stream your podcast, review us, and leave your question or comments within the review. We have put forth our best effort, but we promise if you keep listening, we'll try to do an even better job next time. The No Worries Podcast is a production of Awaken Media. This episode was produced by Shamari Showtime Sackell, Passion Bankhead, and Jermaine Nichols. Audio engineering by Shamari Showtime Sackell and Jermaine Nichols. Again, thank you for making us a part of your day. Until next time, be encouraged and remember. <laughs>